maybe I'm crazy, but I have no conviction about my Super Bowl pick this year. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Ashley Ross joins us this week to talk all things Super Bowl and the NFL. It is Super Bowl week, a little bit different set than we were in last year on South Beach with my big bro on the Fox Studio, Miami Beach City, uh, which was incredible, but we wouldn't be there anywhere anyway, actually. We only actually go to the Super Bowl when the network has it, but regardless, super hyped up for this game. I can't wait to see what happens. We'll talk to Ashley about that. We've got the crazy gang here, Heller, Donnie, and T. Talk to T a little bit about the uh, halftime festivities, what we think is going to happen. Uh, obviously, we're dealing with the pandemic, so could things be a little bit different this year? Talk to her about that later, but let's get started with Ashley Ross. All right, very excited to have my friend Ashley Ross on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast for Super Bowl week. Ash, I don't know if you can see, but I'm wearing my Davin shirt. Oh, okay, so we know who you're going for. Well, I'm not rooting <laughs> for anyone. I'm not rooting for anyone, not, not this year, but well, we'll get to my prediction in a second, but Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on with us. You can follow Ashley at Ashley Ross three on Instagram and Ashley Ross 33 on Twitter. She is amazing. And she also has her own show the Ashley Ross show. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. Um, so it's, it's actually a better Super Bowl now that I've thought about it than I originally thought. Like I originally thought the Packers and the chiefs was the best matchup, but now we have Tom Brady, the OG, versus Patrick Mahomes, the new wave. And yes. I, I have no idea what to expect. And I, have, I honestly, I have never been more indifferent about what the outcome should be or will be. I just, I hate being lukewarm about anything, but like, I don't know what to expect. What, what, are, what are your initial thoughts on this game? Well, I think this is the matchup that we all wanted and that after 2020 that we deserve, we deserve a good storyline. And like, this is, this is the NFL. You have a changing of the guard, right? So you have Tom Brady, obviously he's kind of like the old regime. And then you have, you know, Kansas city, they're young, they're electric, they're exciting. I think this is great. And I just, I think it just adds to the legacy of Tom Brady. I mean, when Tom Brady went to Tampa, we knew that the Super Bowl would be in Tampa, but we're like, ah, no team's ever been there before. Tampa hasn't been that great in forever. This is such a long shot. And then all season, it wasn't like a smooth season. I mean, they had really good moments and they had some really bad moments, but this is what Tom Brady does. He makes everybody believe that they're a winner. Like, I feel like if I spent five minutes with Tom Brady, I could like, go be an astronaut because he just instilled that much confidence in you. So I'm so excited about this matchup and I do love me some Andy Reid too. Um, I think he'll get the visor situation. Correct. Um, I don't think he'll really need to do that in Tampa, maybe the humidity a little bit, but I'm really fired up for it too. And you're right. There are a lot of great storylines to it. When I look at the game from a macro perspective, um, obviously there's a lot, uh, there's a lot on the line legacy wise, because you have Tom Brady who has been playing for 20 years. He's going to his 10th Super Bowl. He could win his seventh. He's already won more than any other player. If he wins this, cause he said he wants to play till 45, but if he wins this, could you see him retiring? I can't just because 
even if he wins, I feel like he's not a John Elway. I think he's like, he wants to push himself to the limit. He's not just happy riding off into the sunset and this is comfortable. I think he wants to push this literally until he's drugged off the football field. And I honestly, even though, yes, it's Tom Brady and he's the GOAT and he has all these rings, I really don't feel like a lot of pressure is on Tampa Bay because most people even to this day, are still discounting them out. And the Chiefs, as prolific as they are, the Chiefs have not played a consistent game. So I really think that this game is a lot more even than people think. Yes, the Chiefs can turn it on, but anybody can get caught slipping, and it's 60 minutes, so I'm, I'm excited to see how this all unfolds. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's a very even game. That's why I'm saying I really don't feel strongly either way. I think that, obviously... The Chiefs are uh, this high-flying, electric, exciting offense. Andy Reid coming up with all these crazy plays, and Patrick Mahomes can sidearm it and upside down it and cartwheel and throw it. And you have <laughs> Tyreek Hill, and like I get it, but I mean, what the Bucks have been doing is incredible. Like they just keep winning, they just keep scrapping. They have a great defensive line. The Chiefs are missing two offensive linemen. I do think that could be a factor. But then you have the, the Chiefs' defenses are no slouch either. Like, their defensive line is great. They get some pressure on Brady, and it could be a really crazy day. So I'm with you. I think this is a very even matchup, and I don't I don't think that he's going to retire. I think we, we've we been trying to retire. We, not me, but the media has been trying to retire Tom Brady for, like, 10 years now. And every year he just – He might be 50 still slinging it out there. I mean, he at this point, he doesn't look bad. No, his arm has is, is his arm is great as it's ever been. He looks great out there. He doesn't look like Philip Rivers. He doesn't look like Drew Brees. He looks like he still has plenty of football left to play. But this, we know how hard it is to make it to a Super Bowl if you're not Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> he might not be there next year. This could be one of the most poetic ways to end a, a, an unbelievable legacy career. I'm just with you. I don't, I don't think he's going to walk away whether he wins or he loses. I don't see the thing is, I think we and the media and people, we get super hyped on the legacy. And at this point, Tom Brady is still an overachiever from the way that he came into the league. So pretty much anything he does at this point is just a cherry on top. Like for us, people don't remember, you know, Peyton Manning falling off. They remember Peyton Manning in his glory days. And I think the same is going to be about Tom Brady, even if he drastically, you know, I hope he doesn't, but in the next couple of years, say he has like a downtrod, people are going to remember the history and the legacy of what he's been, but to the game itself, like you said, I think these offenses get a lot of attention. What is interesting to me, and I actually really love a good defensive battle. I think that what is intriguing to me about Tampa is all season long, I have been coming into the season. I said, Yes, I understand their offense is all this weapons and they got Gronk and, you know, AB and all these other pieces. But defensively, if you look at their defense last year with Jameis Winston, this was a top defense. They were good. It's just Jameis was turning it over all the time. So they couldn't really do anything. So to me, Tampa's defense has come on strong in the playoffs. They're playing at a high level with confidence and that's dangerous. So I, I'm excited to see it. So a little bit away from the game, um, some news around the NFL this week. Uh, TJ Lang came out and said that Aaron Rodgers uh, kind of wants to get a little revenge on the Packers. Like he was really a lot more bothered by the Jordan Love uh, decision. As he should be. I agree. I agree. Um, what do you think that Aaron Rodgers is wrong at all for how, for what he said after the game, he's not sure if he's going to be here, which he obviously tried to clear up a little bit, but like, 
are you on Aaron Rodgers' side if there is a side to be picked in this Packers versus Aaron Rodgers situation? I am team Mr. Discount Double Check. Here's why. I mean, Aaron kind of should have kind of known that this was a possibility just of the way that they treated Brett Favre. Now, I think they gave Brett Favre way more room and a lot more respect, but they have made it very clear. When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. So the Packers have made it very clear that they want to be in charge, they want to run the show, and that you are a player, and we don't really want you in a lot of these decisions, and we just want you to go out there and play. And I think with Aaron, he's looking at it like, I have this, I should have a way greater legacy than I have. Do you, like him and Tom Brady are tied for NFC championships. And Tom Brady's only been in the NFC one year. So he's he's gotta be looking at all this. Like, you know, they, they draft this guy, number one, they didn't get me any other receiver help. They didn't get any pieces on defense. So I, I think he just said, look, I'm going to throw a little bit of shade out there or cause a little, because these guys know what they're doing. They know when they put a sound bite out. So I agree. Make them sweat it out a little bit. I mean, I agree. I, I'm always on, uh, almost always on the player's side, but in this situation, I certainly am. They never go all the way in. They're very conservative. Um, and he, he deserves better than that. It's not that he doesn't have any pieces around him. Like, look, they've been in the NFC championship game two years in a row, but also because they've been in the NFC championship game two game, two years in a row, be aggressive. Obviously what you're doing is not working. It's, it's good, but it's not good enough. So I, but I hated the Jordan love pick, um, as I'm sure we've probably talked about before. Um, so another situation that is full of drama and could get uglier is Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Obviously I'm 100% on Deshaun Watson's side. He's trying to escape this cult and we need to help him. We need to help him get out of this cult. Okay? There's some stuff going on down there. I don't like it. Um, but what do you think about what's going on with Houston? Do you think he's going to end up being traded? Cause they're saying they don't want to trade him. They're saying that, but shout out to Deshaun's agent because, and his agent represents like Mike Thomas and Jalen Ramsey. So he knows what he's doing out here. Yeah. So I think the thing that is really interesting about the situation is when they got him that contract, they put in a no trade clause, which basically means that he cannot, they can't trade him to another team without him signing off, which is genius because it's not like, okay, you want to be traded and we're going to send you to, I would say the Jets, but obviously the Jets are on the table, but a team that's really not a desire destination, right? So he has to sign off wherever he goes. So to be honest, he holds all the power because I do think if it comes to it, will he play? Um, but I think with Deshaun, what seems like was bothering him more than anything from all the rumblings was that they told him you're going to be included in personnel decisions. And then when these head coaching hires, which Eric, the enemy, why he doesn't have a job. When I was thinking about this the other day, I said, how many times have the Patriot staff been in the Super Bowl and they've always had a job waiting for them when they come out. So it's not an excuse of, oh, we couldn't interview him in the postseason. New England staff is always in the postseason. So you can't give me that excuse. So I think it was a, combination of the, the losing culture the mismanagement and he's like look I'm not gonna waste my prime as he shouldn't and I, I agree with you I also think that it's because Jack Easterby is there like running things secretly well not even secretly anymore but he has been kind of secretly running things through the owner which is just a very weird situation um, I don't think he'll end up there. Uh, I do think it's going to get a little bit uglier, though, because, I mean, Houston doesn't want to trade him as they shouldn't. They're going to try and exhaust everything that they can to keep him. But listen, sometimes you just reach a breaking point where you're like, look, you didn't lie to me too many times. 
Exactly. I'm over, I'm over you. I don't believe nothing you say. In no. the words of Too Short, it's time to go. Yeah, it used to be cute. It used to work. You used to send me some flowers and, you know, a couple cute texts. And I would be like, all right, like maybe you didn't mean it. But she didn't lie too many times now. It's so fine. what do you think, though? Because your team is in play, obviously, for these talks. They, I think it's kind of simmered down a little bit. But they said the Dolphins were somewhat in play. Would you like to see Watson go to the Dolphins? I would love to show Watson to the Dolphins. I would love that. And listen, I like Tua. I don't love Tua. And I didn't love his rookie season. But I also didn't love the way they handled the rookie season. I thought he should have played from day one and see everything that you have with him, get him as much experience as possible. And they kept bouncing back and forth with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think it, it not only hurt his development, it could have hurt his confidence, but also where, where did that get you? You didn't make the playoffs. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the quarterback of the future. And now you really don't know what you have in Tua. So do you make an aggressive move to go get to Sean Watson and, and trade and, and, and give them the number? Well, because they're there. I mean, they have a defense. They have special – like, they're right there. That's the reason why strike now. Like, these these Super Bowl windows are not open for long. You have they need to, to get on the Rams. The Rams are like, look, sell the house, sell the car, sell the baby. I love the way the Rams do business. I always have. Since Sean McVay has gotten there, they've been nothing but aggressive. They spend money like it's going out of style. And look, they made it to the Super Bowl. So you can say what you want about that Jared Goff contract and all the money that they spent, but they went to the Super Bowl. And if your team hasn't been in the Super Bowl in the last four years, I don't really want to hear from you because there's multiple ways you can get there. Now, look, clearly they started to struggle, which is why they made the move to Matthew Stafford, which I'm just, again, like I, I hate not having a really strong opinion, but I like Stafford though. I've heard so much about how talented Stafford is. Certainly Detroit Lion fans were obsessed. Sorry, Donnie. Uh, Donnie is our producer. <laughs> that is a Lions fan. Um, with Matthew Stafford for a long time, he's been there for 12 years and they've never really made any aggressive moves at that position. The fact that they don't win every single year. But it's Detroit. They just, I, I can't even put all that on Stafford. I mean, the man has literally broken his back for the team. And it's the Lions, again, that's... Part of why we need to get Deshaun out of Houston. When you're just in such a toxic losing environment and there's no expectation of doing better, you know, it's it's like, what can you do at that point? So no, I, I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Matthew Stafford because the Rams are a better run organization. They have more talent. They have a solid established head coach that we all think is brilliant. So now's your time. Like you have no more excuses. You can go, you should go shine and they should be in the playoffs winning multiple games in the playoffs. Otherwise, we have been duped, okay? Like, that's, <laughs> that's how I feel about Matthew Stafford. Like, it's, I'll, I'll give you a Lions, I'll give you the Lions pass for this year. And I need to see what, I need to see what you're going to do in LA. Okay, so back to the Super Bowl before I let you go. Uh, I don't know, have you given your prediction for the Super Bowl yet? Yes, I'm going all in. I've been all in on Tom the Goat Brady. I feel like this, it, these are his moments. He loves to be counted out. He loves to be underestimated. And Tampa, Tampa really has no business being as good as they are right now. But that is solely because of the air and the confidence of Tom Brady. And I understand Patrick Mahomes and company, they try to back-to-back Drake, run it back tour, but they could be the dynasty next year. It's going to be like Golden State when they lost to Cleveland that one year. It's just going to be a little bump on the resume. They'll still be the greatest team probably that we've seen in maybe ever. But right now, it's Tampa Bay at home making even more history. What okay. about you? 
Uh, I'm going to give my prediction later in the podcast. Okay. But, um, I just, I don't know. I'm so excited for this game. Again, I really don't, I really don't know what to expect. I think uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to lean the way that I'm going to lean when I get my prediction later, but uh, I hear you. These are Tom Brady's moments. This is what he does. He's just, he's the goat. He's the greatest. He's wild. It's crazy that he's in this game though, for real. Like, 43, 43 and looking good. Not looking like a struggling 43. Listen, that sun will do you good. Okay. The sun and being appreciated. He got, he got some appreciation finally. He, he was in, you know, relationships that, you know, they didn't value him. They didn't see all he was bringing to the table. Now he's getting roses. He's getting cookies. He's getting foot rubs. Like he is living his best life. It, he's glowing. He is. And he got Giselle, so that helps too. I have some good skincare products lying around the house. Uh, thank you so much, Ashley. It was so good to see you. So good to talk to you. Make sure you follow her on social media at Ashley Ross three on Instagram at Ashley Ross thirty three on Twitter, and check out her show, the Ashley Ashley Ross Show. She is my sis. I appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the game this weekend, and we'll talk soon. Love you, Joy. Thanks, you guys. Love you too. With it. With it. With it. We about to turn up in this bitch. Hello, hello. It's Super Bowl week. That's me. That's the first time. That's it's the last football game of the year. I know it's sad. Or the season, I guess. Yeah, I know, right? You know, for us in the biz, uh, relief in it. Kind of a grind. A little bit. Like you don't. When you're like a local fan, you'll watch like your team and then like maybe like a a game or two more. But we have to watch every single game. Which All is of like, them. It's a blessing, but like by the end of the year, you're like, I think I'd like a brunch Sunday. <laughs> and you get to brunch Sunday, and I'm like, literally the Sunday I was so sad. I'm like, I have nothing to do today. Like I just want to watch football, so I'm sad. But yeah. it is going to be a great Super Bowl. It's an unbelievable sure. with unbelievable storylines. So what am I winning or quitting today? Um, let's hit it. Uh, the grass isn't always greener. Okay, so like you said. This Super Bowl is a doozy. You've got Tom Brady the GOAT, now draped in pewter and red. He squares off with the young bull, Patrick Mahomes. The past, the present, the future all collide in a matchup for the ages, or as one of my best friends texted to the group thread after the NFC Championship, why do I watch football? Just to see Tom Brady win? Joy, Tom Brady is going to win his seventh Super Bowl Sunday. Win it or quit it. Quit it. I am going with the Chiefs. I am going with okay. to win 38 to 34. Very high scoring shootout of a game. I think it's going to be exhilarating, but in the yep. end, I think Andy Reid and the young bull, Patrick Mahomes, will get their second Super Bowl in a row. Shout out to Andy Reid. There we go. Uh, oh, what's up, Andy? Actually, shout out Mina Kimes. This is her artwork, and uh, she's killing it. She's really good. Job with watercolor, and uh, she put this on the shirt, and the shirt raised money for a local food bank in Kansas City. Um, Damn, Mina, it's a pretty awesome shirt. But it also sure. has Andy Reid, who uh, knows who I am, which I think <laughs> it's pretty cool. There's always cool. like moments in your like broadcasting life where something right. like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like Andy Reid said my name on the herd today, and I was like, holy. Shit. Andy Reid knows who I am. Like that's kind of. He was cool. like, re- recap it for us. He was like, "Hey, Joy," or like, "What?" Oh, 
well, I know like we were, well, he mentioned my brother. And then when we were getting, like when he was signing off, he was like, uh, like, by the way, you look beautiful and like you deserve like uh, a special place in heaven for dealing with Colin every day, which I, I think is kind of like, obviously he's joking, like Colin is way to work with, but. What a gentleman, Andy. I mean, amazing. So like, if I wasn't already rooting, I'm not rooting actually, but if I always, <laughs> wasn't already loving Andy, he just added to it. I'm not rooting actually. And, the, and here's why. So obviously I have to make a, short, a pick. Like we all have to yep. pick what we do. What we yep. like, who's gonna win this, who's gonna win. I have no conviction in my pick whatsoever. I just think so I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to win and cover. Um, that has to do with the fact that a lot of the sharps are betting big on the Chiefs and a lot of the public money is going on the Bucks. So okay. um I'm gonna put my money where the professionals put it. So that said, if if Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl, I'm gonna be thrilled for him. I'm not gonna be upset. Wow. Because I have no good. conviction anyway i really feel we've, like it's a toss-up game we've come so far joy we no longer we have accepted tom brady's greatness oh I that's big tom of you years ago uh, years big ago. of you after, after I remember had the comeback in houston against atlanta i accepted it so i've lived in this existence for quite some time now it's a wonderful space it's so better it's definitely better to live in a space where you accept that tom brady is great instead of hating right. i live in both because obviously as a dolphins fan yep Understand, like Tom Brady's been ruining my life for two decades. But right. once I just accepted the reality that Tom Brady is the greatest, wash. everything has just been easier. And so I will not be upset if he wins his seventh Super Bowl because he's already the GOAT. So like, it doesn't matter. Like it's already almost unattainable. And I say that it's almost unattainable for somebody to pass him as the GOAT because I do think narratives matter. And okay. Patrick Mahomes if he continues to say he wins this Super Bowl Sunday, right? So he's won two in a row. Uh, say, Six, for example, two. he is Super Bowl MVP too, just to add That's a little- Two spice, of those, yep. To add a little spice to the sauce. Of course. Okay. Then they run it back again and with three straight Super Bowls. A three-peat? Like the Lakers? And he will have beaten Tom like the most here to do that. That will open up a, a, a slight page in the book of is it possible for Tom Brady to be passed, even I with like that. the 10 Super Bowl appearances and the six ranks. Like that, that will open the door. I don't know that anyone will ever get to six rings as a quarterback. It's incredibly difficult to do. What happened in New England is an outlier. It was a decade, it was two decades of excellence. It was it, it, it was unheard of what happened. So I don't think that it will be duplicated, but the Chiefs are in a great situation. He does have a ridiculously long contract. He is yep. a friendly guy. He is interested in winning. Who knows how long Andy Reid's going to coach for, but they seem to have a great culture and a great environment there. It's obviously a winning culture. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited because either way, whatever the outcome is, is going to be great for the future of NFL content. If he becomes the greatest to ever do it and Tom Brady yep. this, well, he is the greatest to ever do it. That's right now that that's it. Like he's the greatest to ever do it. But if yep. he does win this seventh ring, right. And he is, so, he's going to then pass over into, are we having the conversation of he, he's just the greatest at everything. Like he's mm -hmm. just the greatest, greatest of the greats. Right. Like Tom Brady, and then we start having a conversation about everybody else. Other he guys, yeah. In that conversation. If he doesn't, he's still the greatest to ever do it. But now we start watching the clock on Patrick Mahomes 
And if he can start building a resume, because he's not there yet, obviously, if he will one day be considered the greatest to ever do it. So I'm, I'm just excited, honestly, for this game, no matter what happens. Um, I know there's going to be a bunch of people like, you pick the Chiefs if the Bucks win. And I just want you to know, I don't care at all. Like, <laughs> I'm not rooting either way. Um, I'm going to put some money, but not enough that it's going to change my life if right. I decide to emotionally start rooting um, for the Bucks in the game. Mm. Um, but I'm just really like, I'm really just an open canvas to be written on for this experience on Sunday, which, which isn't always the case. Like right. sometimes you go into a Super Bowl if your team's not in it and you're really rooting for something to happen. Like when the Patriots were undefeated and they played the Giants, I was rooting so hard for the Giants. Like I've never rooted harder for a team that I didn't give a crap about at all. Just because of Mercury Morris? Yes. Like that's all the Dolphins have, dude. That's all we have. That's true. Like don't that's take true. from us. And the Giants did us a major solid, which is also why uh, Eli Manning is obviously a Hall of Famer, um, in my opinion. Um, but he also will be a Hall of Famer because he's a man thing. Um, regardless, it's kind of nice to go into this not having a rooting interest and being able yep. to absorb and, and experience it whichever way it flows. That's, yep. that's the Cali of me now. I'm just going with the flow, bro. That's right. We have less problems here, so it's easier to go with the flow. It's amazing. Uh, it's not that Mahomes has problems, but he's going to have a problem catching up to Tom Brady if he doesn't win this one. So I think in that sense, the pressure is more on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, your point about... All what? the pressure is on the Chiefs in this game. Yep. It's not yep. a lot of pressure because everyone feels like they will be able to get back here again. But all the if there is any pressure, it's Don't. on... The, the Buccaneers are not supposed to be here. Tom Brady's not supposed to be here. So no, the, the pressure is definitely on the Chiefs. You see, do you see this flag over here? This towel? That's from the last Super Bowl that the Niners were in. We thought we were going to get back to it as well. We also thought we were going to get back to it after the uh, Kaepernick Super Bowl. Oops, a daisy. I would make sure every opportunity you have to win a Super Bowl counts. Your your point about the three-peat, I think, is really interesting because if you even if even if Mahomes wins, it's six to two, right? That's not a very good matchup. So Mahomes has to start doing other stuff, one-of-a-kind, unique, amazing things. And I think the three-peat would be a, a great way to do that. Two, two gets you in the conversation. Three gets you at the, t- at the, at the table. Um, and, and now we're really talking. Um, you're, I think, realistically, your score and prediction is more correct. But I, while sitting here without a prediction at all, came up with possibly the trolliest prediction I could come up with. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking the Bucks, 43- 25 because that's tom brady's age to patrick mahomes age what's up 43 25 tampa bay buccaneers fire the cannons so the so the bucks just gonna blow out the chiefs now um no it's gonna be one of the i mean the chiefs won by what 11 or 13 uh against the niners last year when they were trailing all game i'm not saying that's gonna happen exactly like that but i think it'll be a late a couple a pick six a desperation a couple that runs it up at the end um yeah tight right you, yeah. how you feel about that troll no. <laughs> i'm gonna disagree but okay we'll see. um all right 
Okay, so uh, Blockbuster, the video store, has faded into a distant memory. However, we still use the fr phrase Blockbuster to describe monumental trades in sports. Jared Goff and picks for Matthew Stafford is the most recent Blockbuster trade in the NFL. And to me, it seems like everyone is happy with the outcome, except for maybe one party, Joy. Jared Goff is the only loser in the Rams-Lions trade, with it or quit it. As of right now, yeah. Damn, Jared. He had a his backyard here. I saw on like Peyton's places or something, or like a feature we did. His backyard here has a golf golf hole in it. That is my personal dream. Mm -hmm. So he's gonna have to leave that to go to bite off kneecaps in Detroit. That sucks. Yeah, it's um sorry again. Ah. Donnie is uh is our resident. Oh yeah, sorry. Donnie, I, just, um, I forget sometimes that I gotta peel uh, back a little bit, but I'm not, it's I'm, look. It's possible to be on the golf side of this trade, right? I mean, you got to have guts to be like, the Rams are wrong and Jared Goff is going to go to the Lions and take them to the top. Like, that's... That would be... I mean, I hope just... I hope he does because that would be amazing. I hope he does. I hope he does. Jared Goff is a, is a wonderful young man and he is actually a good quarterback. Go he was just playing in a Super Bowl, albeit with Sean McVay, who is a legitimate coach. And I don't know what Dan Campbell is other than a carnivore. So I definitely want to see what he does there, but I don't have great anticipation of uh, wonderful things for Jared Goff. So that's why I'm saying like, I'm not willing, call me a punk, but I'm not willing to put my uh, reputation on the line to have the hot take that Jared Goff is going to work in right. Detroit. Because uh, like, again, no offense, Donnie, nothing works in Detroit. However, however, Gave us Donnie, though. We got to see what Matthew Stafford's going to do here because I don't know. We've been hearing for a very long time how amazing Matthew Stafford is. Got that cannon, boy. Got that cannon. Cannon, he's got this arm. He's very cerebral. Okay, but you have no wins. He really doesn't. He really, like, he really doesn't. It's not like in 12 years you've never had anybody. So... I don't know. Like, I just, I'm really looking forward again, similar to the Super Bowl, to just seeing what happens with Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Do I think it's going to work? Yeah, I do think it's going to work. Sean McVay is an incredible coach. They have an unbelievable defense. They have weapons. They have Cam Akers. They were competitive with Jared Goff with one thumb. I mean, yeah, with one thumb. That's what he heard. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll work. But man, if it doesn't work, I guess I'm Matthew Stafford because you, we're with the Lions, and that's why we're giving you this grace that you yep. haven't gotten over the next hump. Now you've got Sean McVay, you've got a defense, you've got weapons. I don't want to hear it. Like now you got to go out there and win. Like it's on you, bro. And I think he's ready for the challenge. I think he's excited about it, obviously. And he's leaving Detroit to go to LA, um, which is a different environment, obviously. Yep. Um, especially right now, since there's like a it's like a frozen tundra in the entire Northeast. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, what's what's more amazing to me is that this can even happen. Like, I love that the NFL has mobility at the quarterback position. Now. Right. Yeah. I've always been harping on the NBA and the NFL and things that like the NFL needs to adopt from the NBA. One is celebrating your stars and not just your quarterbacks, letting us get to know them, celebrating their personality. Let us see the, the touchdown celebrations. Let us see who these guys are. Let us see their cleats. Like, let us get absorbed into who your stars are it actually helps when there's injuries that we're like, oh, there's no more stars left. Like who are right. we watching? 
that part. And also because they're going to do it themselves with social media and the player mobility at the quarterback position is, has made the NFL's off season unbelievably exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. We'd have like maybe one or two. We need it. Now, like Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots to go to the Bucks. Appreciate you. Is, is talking about he might go somewhere, which he's not, but still, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford's getting traded for Jared Goff, like across the country. It's madness and it's amazing. It's great for fans. It's great for the idea that at any time your team can boom improve. Yep. And it's great for us because it's amazing content. And we need it. So I, I, love it. It. I love that this is available now and there's going to be a lot more quarterback movement this off season because this draft obviously is going to determine the futures of a lot of organizations and what they're going to do is what's going to happen with Sam Darnold. Like what's going to happen. Yep. To like there's so many things that can happen. So uh, I'm, ex- I'm more excited for the fact that this is even a, like a thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are going to win this breakup, but it's all on Matthew Stafford. Yep. And uh, shouts to, uh, Damn, I just less need and uh, Stan Kroenke for having the chutzpah to even take this swing and give up their future draft picks. Also, you know, we're, we're capping on Detroit, but the lions handled this in a really classy way. I feel, you know, like, right, right. If you, if you, that's not their style. Right, right. Norm, right. Normally it's a, it's, it's a S show a little bit. And, you know, you got guys trying to write in pencil on laminated stuff. But now they're handling it appropriately. I think it's a, a, a great move to, you know, Stafford handled it well. They handled it well. That's why I said, you know, everyone's a winner except for Jared Goff because people handled themselves well. Um, and now that you've uh, sprinkled a kernel of doubt in my mind, I've, I've realized what uh, this could end up being. And it could work out for the Rams, but this, ha- this has a little element. We're crossing sports here, but it has a little element of, Kevin Love, where Kevin Love was a star in Minnesota, but not competing for anything. Matt Stafford was was the toast of the town in Detroit, I would imagine, but never won a playoff game. And so it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. You know, LeBron was able to get one chip with Kevin Love and they did. So they got over the hump. But I don't know if Kevin Love was ever reached his same level of greatness in terms of just his individual production. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they balance all of that. And then if you want to go deeper, I mean, Jared Goff is basically Andrew Wiggins. So I think it's perfect. Oh my God. Uh, The Lions better hope not, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right about that. The Lions do deserve for a pretty dysfunctional organization. That's really bad with their former players. They did a nice job with this. Uh, you're, you're definitely right. right about that. They deserve credit for that. Right. Um, you, ke- you kept Barry Sanders from ever winning anything, but at least you let Matt Stafford walk in a respectful way. Thank you. I mean, it's all about growth, Tyler. <laughs> for real. What's up, Donnie? What's going on at High Key Loki? What's up? All right, High Key. Tis the season for introductory press conferences. The chance for newly hired head coaches to give both fans and media a good first impression. Loki. I think winning over the locker room is one of the first and most important jobs of a new team leader. But we've seen some pretty interesting media sessions in the past few weeks. Joy, how important is winning over the media in that opening press conference? It's very important. It's very important. It's not everything, but it's something. You don't have to be spectacular. You don't have to be out here giving life-changing speeches. But you do have to get through 
explaining what your concept is for the future of the organization without going into uh, this, I don't even know what to call it. Like what happened in the Nick Sirianni press conference was a disaster. It was a disaster. The, the Dan Campbell press conference was not great. That's just <laughs> all you can, like, the, these are facts. This is not my opinion. Like the idea that there was some pushback on uh, towards me and other people who were critical of Nick Sirianni that like he has a stutter. He doesn't have a stutter. So please stop. Like he does not have a stutter. A. Yeah. That's not what I heard. That he is, he was like nervous. So he deserves some grace. Excuse me. If I say one word wrong, if I pronounce someone's name wrong one time, I have 350 of you minions in my mentions telling me all about how I can't do my job. <laughs> now yeah. I talk for a living, but guess what? As a head coach, so do you. You have press conferences and media sessions every week. You talk mm -hmm. after every game. You talk before the game. You talk during the week, during practice. Not to mention the fact that you have to talk to a room full of grown men millionaires who want to know what the direction of the team is and what their job is. Now, so maybe one of the main things you do in that talking. situation. But to me, like how you present to the media is important, especially mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. Like, I don't know how the media reacts in, in, in Detroit, but we're still going to talk about it because you're a new head coach and we're on national shows and we're talking about it. So yep. yes, it absolutely matters. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a bad head coach, but it certainly means that you're not going to be very good with the media. And guess what? That kind of matters because if you start to lose, which let's, let's be honest, Philadelphia is not going to be good this year. I'm sorry to yeah. be the bad news, but they hired someone who is going to do whatever Howie Roseman says. Howie Roseman is going to be in charge of personnel. He, he, Nick Sirianni is going to be in charge of game day roster, whatever that means. This is not a good situation. So yeah. Look, I have, I'm, I'm sorry I have no uh, empathy for someone being nervous speaking in front of a Zoom camera <laughs> when you're the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. You just yeah. replaced a Super Bowl winning head coach. You don't need to come out there and wow me with your words, but you do need to be able to stand there in front of the camera and tell us what you're going to do with this organization. Right. Be functional. I here. I don't even want to do this, but mm. since you want to come at me. Go there. Why don't do we it. go there? If Eric Bieniemy had gotten this job and had gone up there and not been able to talk to the media in the way that Nick Sirianni did, it would be yeah. about how affirmative action and the Rooney Rule are useless, and they just push they push uh, candidates who are not ready to be head coaches into the spotlight. And it tell them, tell them, Joy. <laughs> yeah, this mean <laughs> with it. This is the NFL. This is a big grown man league. And you have to get up there and you have to talk every single week. So don't tell me it's not part of the head coach's job to talk. It absolutely is. Yeah. You don't have to be a poet, but you got to be able to tell us what you're about to do with this organization. So miss me with it as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't add anything else. That, uh, you pretty much covered it. All right, high key, as it currently sits, Bradley Beal is the NBA scoring leader while his team has a nice comfy spot at the bottom of the league standings. Low-key, the first half of Sunday's game against the Nets saw Beal play some of the most disinterested basketball ever. But despite signs pointing to him wanting to be out of D.C., Beal and Washington seem to be intent on sticking to making it work. They're trying to work it out. Joy, what's going on with Beal and the Wizards? What's going on is he wants to stay there. He's being very vocal that he doesn't want to be traded. He wants to stay in with the Wizards. Yeah. And he actually said he doesn't understand or doesn't appreciate 
people wanting him to leave the Wizards. And what I'm starting to think is that maybe we are putting our aspirations and expectations of Bradley Beal onto him. And those aren't really his goals. Like mm-hmm. everyone doesn't want to be LeBron. Everyone doesn't want to be KD. And that's fine. Like maybe you just want to be a great player for one organization and give them all you got. And if you win, great. And if you don't, you left it all out on the court and you were a great player for an organization. I can't call the Wizards a great organization. So I just call it. Good. But here's my <laughs> issue. You also have to keep in perspective when you do things like this, what your business is and how people win at your very competitive business and how people win in the NBA is they have multiple stars on their team. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to leave like Steph didn't leave to win a championship, but KD came there. Right. Okay. Dwayne Wade didn't have to leave to win another championship. Okay. Or his first one Shaq came there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how the business works matters as well. So you can be a great player, but you can't then be ha- have these conversations about like, well, your ultimate goal is like to win. No, your ultimate goal is to be great, but your ultimate goal can't be to win if you are absolutely uninterested in leaving a dysfunctional losing organization because that's how this business works. Right. Like you can stay local forever and be the best local broadcaster but you can't ever say you were the best broadcaster in the country because you never went to the next level. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but there's levels to this. Shit. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. You got to have a star. There's a reason LeBron James has won the way that he's won. Cause he's not afraid to lose. He's not afraid to take the heat for moving, which comes with it. Yeah. There's great expectations. And maybe that's not what Bradley Bill wants. That doesn't make him not a great player. It doesn't make him any less fun to watch. But it does mean that your aspirations are lower than what the standard is for the for for ultimate winners because that's how the business works. That's that's what hap- has to happen to win a championship in this league. So unless he gets one or two stars, you know, to come to the Wizards, yeah, this not is what happen. we're gonna get. You yeah. have a stronghold on the worst record in the East. Tight, four games they won. So I, I, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. All right. High key. 2020 was the year of the Karen. As an avid world star hip hop consumer myself, I saw a new video maybe twice a week last year. Low key, last night a Karen met a king courtside at a Hawks game, and it was so satisfying seeing that chin mask wearing lady get kicked out of the game. Joy, did you enjoy that ejection as much as I did? Because I enjoyed it like a whole bunch. I did enjoy it, but I also think the whole situation is so wild. Yeah. Like I gave my thoughts on it on the herd earlier. And so there's not too much for me to add to it. If you haven't seen some of my social media, because I really was, it, it really was some of my more poetic work, but <laughs> I just want to say like people for anyone who's on the other side of this, because like, obviously most people are obviously on the bronze side. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite an accomplishment to get kicked out of a game during a pandemic when most arenas don't even have fans. Yeah. You're not okay. even supposed to be there. You're not even supposed <laughs> to be there. Okay. Most, most, most fans are not there. So you have the, the privilege, which whatever, like you have money, so you're there. I'm not mad about that. But like to behave the way that you did and then to go on social media afterwards and try and tell us about like how tough you are. Yeah. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> A, we do not believe you. Okay. Nobody believes you. And the reason no. we don't believe you is because of this. If you've been in a fight before, or if you've had 
an altercation, okay, where it has become physical, you know what you can and cannot do. So let's just put it this way. If you have, if your parents used to spank you, spank you as a child, okay? And I'm really talking about like spanking here, okay? I'm not talking about parents. Yeah. And you, I, you have an understanding that like your parents might put their hands on you if you misbehave. Right. There's, there's a consequence. Right. There's consequences. Similarly, if you're an adult and you've been in an altercation, you understand at any moment this could really pop off. And then you behave accordingly. So if you really want that smoke, yeah. then act like you really want that smoke. Otherwise, <laughs> this is a lie. What you're saying to us is a lie, Karen. Okay? Yeah. And we know it's a lie because you are not, you are not going to up LeBron James, who is six foot nine, 250 pounds. So why don't you just calm down with all this yippity yap? Okay. You got kicked out the game by Felicia. Yep. Nobody Adios. You. LeBron mm-hmm. didn't want you kicked out. Okay. He said so <laughs> after the game. Took he the doesn't care about that. You're not changing uh, his life. All right. He's just mad that you can't behave however you want to and stay in the arena. Mm-hmm. It is a privilege for you to be here, sweetie. It's yes. a privilege. It's not a right. I know all y'all think that everything is a right. It's not a right. I need you to Google the difference between a privilege and a right. It's not the same thing. (laughs) But I got rights. Okay. (laughs) Just like it's not a right for you to walk around without a mask on. Nope. Fine for you. Right. Okay. Your rights are not being violated. It's not your right to be at the the Hawks (laughs) Lakers game. Right. It says right right there on your ticket. You could get kicked the out if you act up. So yep. bye. Nobody feels bad for you. And no, and, and honey, listen, LeBron is not a bitch. You can't call people bitches who cannot do anything to you. That yeah. is my problem. LeBron James cannot solve this issue because you not going to f- him up. And obviously LeBron James is never going to be physical with you. No. So you're doing nothing but running your mouth and nobody mm-hmm. takes it seriously. Nobody's taking you seriously. No, no one. Nope. No, if you start fighting me, okay, that's a different situation. That's yeah. a different conversation. All right. But you're not gonna fight LeBron James, and LeBron James is not gonna fight you. <laughs> to be clear, I'm not I'm not gonna fight this girl either. But the point <laughs> is, there is no way to solve this. Like, yeah. We're yeah. never gonna get to the end of this, and we're just gonna assume that six foot nine LeBron James would win that. Yeah, exactly. So running your mouth, take this L and go about your day. But she messed up and got on social media, so I mm-mm. Yeah, she kept it going. She kept it going. It's just, it's so satisfying seeing somebody who's, like, not used to being told no get their comeuppance. And I don't think I've ever said that word comeuppance out loud. But I think this, it's appropriate in this instance. It's so appropriate. I do not feel mm-hmm. bad her at all. Um, no. You got to act right. Act yeah, right. do it. LeBron get James out. is not threatening you. LeBron James is not going to put hands on your husband. So just. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> hell do people be talking about i just like i can't sometimes i'm just wonder like what are what who what what are you yeah. talking about just in our own world of privilege oh i wonder what that's like mm. i don't want to know i don't ever want to behave that way <laughs> it's embarrassing all right high key after once again losing in the nfc championship game aaron Rodgers seemed unsure about his future with the cheese packing franchise he quarterbacks for low-key Despite the organization and Rodgers downplaying tensions, will Aaron Rodgers be suiting up for Green Bay next season? Yes. <laughs> Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. is going anywhere. Uh, no. Aaron Rodgers is trying to force the hands 
of the Green Bay Packers to be more aggressive, to go out, get some free agents, signs, draft some pieces that they actually need, not trading up into the first round to get a quarterback when Aaron Rodgers is about to have an MVP season. Yeah. Help that man out. Help him out. That's all he's saying. He sees Tom Brady with Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Mike Evans. And not that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have pieces around him because he definitely does. But they are aggressive. They were aggressive. They went and got Tom Brady. They went and got Antonio Brown. They brought Gronkin. They were aggressive, and it's paid off. The Rams, aggressive. Yep. You got to be aggressive. Aggressive. Moving, shaking, deals, Mm -hmm. deal-making, bringing in the peoples. They're doing things. Like, the Packers are just sitting there being conservative, saving their pennies, and it's not paying (laughs) off. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they have, they have some talent. They have some key pieces. They need more. It's very obvious. And Aaron Rodgers wants to just just kind of lean in on them a little bit and yeah. put pressure on them to do that, as he should, because you're talking about his legacy. He wants to win. And he's a winner. Like, he can't blame him for no. them not getting over it. Like, obviously, he wasn't spectacular in that NFC Championship game, but it wasn't, it wasn't his fault. Like, you, you can't blame it on him. So right. certainly because they took it out of his hands in the biggest moment. So I, uh, I, I'm with him. He's going to be there next year, but I could see him forcing them to give him a bigger contract. Like you're going to pay me if I'm going to stay yeah. here and do this nonsense mm-hmm. um, or him, you know, over the next couple of years, making things very uncomfortable and maybe departing at that point. But I think for next year, he will definitely be there. All right. We'll see. Hey, T, what's going on the Culture Report this week? Hey, Joy. So, happy Black History Month. For the record, we celebrate all year long. (laughs) February is just our anniversary. (laughs) So, this month, I am just celebrating Black excellence and recognizing and appreciating how far we've come. So, I uh, bought this book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, so I'm going to be reading that. Obviously, I always shop Black Home. I'm just going to continue to do that and just be posted all month. Black History Month is super important. If you are white and you're listening to this and you're confused as to why there is a Black History Month, uh, Emmanuel Acho, our colleague at FS1, has a very educational video. I'm not being sarcastic. You should go watch it if you're confused. I don't, well, I mean, if you're saying that, then you have other issues to begin with. But it is a good explanation for you as to why there is a Black History Month. But yes, we celebrate all year round. We shall do. And we actually kicked off Black History Month real nicely. Stacey Abrams uh, got a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. And I think she's worked so hard to preserve the democracy of this country. And she is just truly an inspiration and did such an amazing job with Georgia. So I just like that this is just incredibly deserving for her. Yes, congrats to her. She is a real life, real world hero, like superhero. We base superhero stories off of stuff that is like what she did, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. literally super superhero stuff. Like she saved dem- the democracy. She saved our literal country. Um, whatever you think, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, at the end of the day, our democracy is still in place because of the efforts of people like Stacey Abrams, and really not not many more because she was really the forefront of it and did an unbelievable job and literally like 10 toes down in the community 
doing what's right and literally like saved our country. So she's very deserving of it. And we will look back on her in history very kindly. For sure. Yeah, she's done amazing, amazing things. So there has been a special addition to the Super Bowl pregame show that I'm really excited about. So Amanda Gorman, the beautiful queen that delivered the uh, powerful poem at the inauguration, will now be at the Super Bowl. And I mean, enjoy, she was the youngest poet to speak at the inauguration, and now she'll become the first poet ever to perform at the Super Bowl, which is amazing. And she's honoring th three people who demonstrated heroic behavior. So the poem is going to be about them. And I'm just here for this. And I just really believe that this is a smart move on the NFL, for sure. Yeah, I love this. She obviously did an unbelievable historic job at the inauguration. But also, uh, many people may not know this, but my brother's foundation actually has a program called the Blue Apple Poetry Program that is run by Omari Hardwick of our fame. He's a poet and they do an amazing job setting up programs throughout South Florida and throughout the state of Florida for young poets, basically an after school program that helps with their writing. It's really like encouraging and empowering for young people. They do huge poetry slams like across the state and across the country. So I've been pretty familiar with like really powerful poetry and like young people being very involved in this for a long time. So I love this. Like this is something that young people can see, aspire to, the fact that they're able to go and perform like this and use their writing to tell stories and make an impact is amazing. So I'm so happy that the NFL is doing this and I'm happy for her because she's she's a rising star, you know, she is uh the next Maya Angelo, you know, there's so many that uh you know you can hearken her to, but she is she's she's definitely she's definitely establishing her own path and her own style, but she has the ability to have some great impact um, on history and she's already doing it at a very young age. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't even know that she wrote a couple books. She got signed to a modeling agency. I mean, this girl, and she's only 22. So she got great things coming. So yeah. I love it. More inspirational people like that around. I love it. So the Super Bowl performances are obviously something we look forward to every year. And even the pandemic, I was worried that it may look a little different, but I saw that it's we're gonna get we're still gonna get a live performance like at the actual stadium. And I know that Miley Cyrus will perform. There's gonna be a national anthem duet with Aaron Church and Jasmine Sullivan. And then her, who I absolutely adore and love, is singing America the Beautiful. Now, The weekend, I mean, like, he has all these hits. I feel like he can carry the 13 and a halftime show by himself, but I'm sure, I'm sure he'll have guest appearances, which I'll love either way. But I just don't know who he'll bring out. I mean, when people ask me, I'm just like, I don't know, Beyonce. <laughs> like, I haven't seen her in a while, but I think Beyonce is done with the Super Bowl for a little while. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know because you know, it's in Tampa, so it's not like we are expecting some Tampa native uh performers i do think that he has to have some cameos like there's always some cameos so i can't even think off the top of my head like what is the biggest weekend uh duet like or collab i guess that's what that's what the kids aren't calling it the duet anymore i'm like trying to see like who else like who's been on songs with him that could possibly come out i mean i, I was thinking kendrick lamar and i know that kendrick Week the weekend have a song pray for me so I mean we can I don't know gets Ariana Grande is a possibility Drake Drake yeah um Kendrick Lamar would be amazing mm, let's see who else Daft Punk 
Could see some Daft Punk. Uh, Travis Scott. Uh, mm. SZA. Calvin Harris. There are some. There are some out there. Juicy J. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign. There's some. There's some. There's Lana Del Rey. Ooh. Uh, yeah. There's some possibilities out there. I do think it is going to be a great halftime show. I am not like as prickly about the halftime show as most people are because I just I think it's supposed to be for as many people as possible. Like it's a very huge audience. Um, but I did think the Atlanta one was was terrible. Like it was it was not Atlanta. It's, that's not what we asked for. Last year's was amazing. Like J Lo and Shakira were yeah. unbelievable. They were they, they were, were amazing, incredible. J Lo got everyone upset. Um, half of the planet wanted to act like they didn't have butts, which I always find to be <laughs> very fun. Like, oh, you don't have a butt? This is offensive to you. You don't have a you don't have a butt. I, it's so interesting. How have you been living your whole life without without a butt? It's wild. Um, but. I have, I have high expectations and I think that they're going to do a good job because Weekend obviously is a great performer and has hits. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, when you mentioned Travis Scott, I wouldn't mind seeing Travis Scott there too because he is, he's such a great performer. Yeah. So. Now there won't be any, there won't be any stage diving going on <laughs> yeah. since this time. But, right. <laughs> but I do think it's going to be a good performance. Yeah, same. Thanks so much for joining us this week, guys. Stay safe, uh, wear a mask, be kind to each other, avoid courtside Karens, um, enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. Make sure you subscribe and you can listen to the podcast on any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Of course, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, myself at Joy Taylor Talks. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.